0: iconic geeks obsessed with every little detail. It'll never get on the air. Well, I think it's good for a show to go off the air before it becomes
1: stale and repetitive.
0: I've just been informed that we are going off the air. Off air with Emily and Catherine. These level things are real hard to figure out. Yeah, I noticed it was a little quiet the last time I listened. We're like 11
1: episodes in, and I still can't figure this shit out.
0: <laughs> it's hard. We were really funny or something last time, I feel. Yeah. We were good last time. Yeah. We,
1: it's because Christmas had just happened and we only had to work three days. And you only worked one day. I did. Thank you, you could, for showing up for the podcast recording.
0: You could hear me like gradually get worse throughout yeah, the episode. And I was like, oof.
1: <laughs> yeah, you did not feel good at all. Golly. Well, I'm glad you're better, and I'm glad you're back, because I I'm missed you desperately. I'm so glad to be back.
0: I'm shocked at how, like, I came in and worked New Year's Eve, because I had guests mm-hmm. scheduled.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I was like, oh, what buttons do I push? <laughs>
1: <laughs> how do I button? Okay. okay. So, hello.
0: Hi. I'm Emily. I'm Patra.
1: And this is fair with Emily and Patra. Hey, guys. And we're back.
0: It's the new year. Yay! 2019. <sighs> Here, so I am so pumped for 2019. Me too. I graduated really? from high school 20 years <gasps> ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so old. Nah. Eh, it's fine. I'm fine with it. It's okay. I'm aging like fine wine, baby. Aging like fine wine. Yeah. Aging like Cajun. Raging Cajun. What's who's that? What Emerald. Are your nails? That's Emerald. Oh, they're black and blue with glitter. Oh, I but love them. But I did the dishes and you can tell. Yeah. I, feel I know. I should probably never do the dishes again. It, nope. I've never, <laughs> never, ever. <laughs> so we,
1: this weekend, we worked hard. Did like you? this was the longest. It was such a good weekend. Okay. So good. And it was like one of those weekends where we were sitting at dinner last night and we're like talking and I was like, what did we do? Like, we were like, what all did we do this weekend? Because mm-hmm. we did so much. Right. And then, so Saturday, we went out. Um, I met Christopher's step grandma, mm-hmm. basically grandma, for the first time. Ooh. Which it's, my mom was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, well, they haven't, he hasn't seen her in like five, six years. So oh, I was okay. like, no one, she's like, oh, well, no wonder you haven't met her yet. <laughs> all right. So we went to Batesville and went to La Rosa's Pizza. And I met their family and we had so much fun. Normally, I don't, you know, I mean, we've talked about this. You don't, I don't like to go and like do. like going and doing things. I don't like meeting new people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do, but I don't. Like, I get real just inside my thoughts okay. and I don't like it. So I was like, especially when it's like significant other's you family. You kind of have I'm to like,
0: impress them a little. A little. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But we had such a good time, had so much fun. I really like that. I like all of his family, but I he was like they're crazy. Like we're driving there, mm-hmm. and he's like they're insane. They're like they're crazy, and I was I like love that. that's fine. I was like what I was like, come on. He was <laughs> like you're fine, and I was so I was kind of expecting to just kind of you know sit back and right let them be let crazy the around you happen. But it we had a we had a blast. It was really fun. Um, so we did that on Saturday, and then we. Got a new washer, yes. And we've picked it up. I think Friday night we picked it up. Mm-hmm. And we were. I was like, "Well, if we're mm-hmm. gonna get a new washer, I'd like to update the floor in the laundry room, okay, and paint the wall, just make it look nice." Because yeah. I think I, I don't remember if I said it in the episode last week I or don't not. Think so. But if I'm, <laughs> I hate doing laundry, but. I'd like doing laundry a lot more if it, if it looked, it looked better. Better. You pretty. You did say that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. If it looks pretty in there, then I'm going to enjoy it more. So we took out all of that stuff. We paint, We painted the laundry room. Mm-hmm. We put a new floor. We went and got new flooring, I think, Friday night. Friday night. Yeah, Friday night we went and got new flooring. And it's real cute. You want to see pictures? I do. I really do. Okay. Because I haven't posted them yet because we're not quite done. We're almost. Ooh. We've got one more thing to do. I can't wait. So. That's the floor. Oh, I like that. It's like this that. really pretty, it's uh, vinyl. Yeah. Um, but it's really pretty, like gray, stony marble. It's like gray, stony marble. And we painted the walls like kind of a darker gray. Oh, I can. And it's wait. real pretty. And then we also, I was like, okay, also, originally there's like this real long, you know, standard <clears throat> laundry room shelf yes. where you just throw stuff up there and it looks gross. Yes. So I was like, can we please put in a cabinet? To hide the stuff. Yeah. And all this. And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So he's like, I don't understand why you want that. But yeah, whatever. But now that it's up, he's like, oh, yeah. He's oh, like, it yeah. looks great. But so we put in the cabinets in our washer.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. That looks good. And so originally we were going to do one cabinet on the left-hand side and then two shelves on the right. Mm-hmm. But the way... If we would have gotten one cabinet, because our laundry room is just like a small little closet. It's like a closet laundry room. So if we would have gotten one cabinet, you wouldn't have been able to open the door all the way. And I was like, what if we do two cabinets? Two small baby cabinets. So we did that. And then last night, we hung the bar. Oh, my goodness.
0: It looks really good. Planning the
1: shelves, I was like, didn't even think about the hangers that hang on the bar. Yeah. And then we were like... Oh, yeah. So, we're going to do one shelf like there, yeah. kind of in the middle of the two cabinets.
0: I like that. And I'm going to
1: use that to put like, I've got a little change jar and like, I'll make it dec- a little decorative. Yeah. You always make
0: things look cute. Yeah. yeah. And
1: everything else is hidden in the cabinets. Like, you can't see any of the oh, cleaning I supplies, any of the stuff. detergent. Oh. And I'm like, oh, yes, it's perfect. So, we did that. And then, so we painted the entire thing, trim the doors. The walls, the ceiling. Yeah, it looks it all. nice. Because when we moved into our house, we painted the trim, the doors, the walls, the ceiling. Like we painted everything wow. when we moved in, and so we did the same thing in here, just to refresh and every or just to freshen everything up. And then, so Monday I went into Franklin for a little bit and then went home, and I ended up going. Monday was like the longest day ever, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like it just was like I kept looking at the clock and I was like, oh my gosh, it's only ten o'clock. Oh my gosh, it's only one. <laughs> like it was great. So. I ended up going to Menards, Meyer, no Menards, Walmart, and Target. Oh, my god! Just, like, real quick trips. And then I got home, and our coat closet, when you walk in the front door, we never—we didn't do that either. Mm. And I was like—and Christopher had mentioned that he wanted to do that on, like, as our next project. Right. And I was like, okay. So I was like, well, I had the trim paint out because we had to—I had to do another coat on the doors— and I did another coat on, like, the rest of our doors, too, because for whatever reason, they, like, started to get, like, dirty again. Oh. Like gr- Not, like, dirty, gross. But, From, like, like, use. Yeah, but, like, tanning. And huh. it was weird, because when we painted everything in our house, like, the ceilings, the trim, and the white doors, mm-hmm. they were all, like, drastically tan. Like, huh. when you painted a white coat, you were like, oh, my gosh, that's tan. That's not white. That's wow, tan. Wow,
0: I wonder what's causing it.
1: I don't know. And it's not... The owners didn't smoke in it. Mm-hmm. Nobody smoked in that house. So it's not like, you know, smoke turns things yellow and that right. kind of stuff. It's not, I have no idea. So I painted a fresh coat on all the doors. And then I did a second coat on the doors in the laundry room. And then I was like, well, I've got this out. And I was like, I painted the little tiny coat closet too. <laughs> <laughs> and then what else did I do? I just did that and I like picked up around the house and all that stuff, did a load of, did some laundry because now we have a washer that works. Right. And it was just great. But we did all the, I did, we did all this stuff. We cleaned, I took down the Christmas stuff, too, on Monday. I did all this stuff. We cleaned the house. We cleaned the garage. We put all the stuff back up in the attic, organized the attic. Like, we did all this stuff. And it was like, this is magical. It was insane.
0: So do you love your house right now?
1: Yeah, I'm really, i really loving it. Was it hard to leave? Yeah. Yeah, I'm really loving our house, even though really (laughs) all we did was behind closed doors, ultimately. But I'm I'm loving it. And then I found a dresser that I want. So Mm -hmm. I'm— in this new year, I'm minimizing all of my shit. <laughs> so I'm like going through my makeup, which I have a basket of stuff to give you. Oh my god! <laughs> it's not like not like a whole lot. It's like it's a not few. like last time. No, not like last time. It's like probably half of last time. So oh it's still gosh, a lot though. <laughs> so I'm like I'm like getting rid of makeup, and I've decided that I'm not gonna use like a makeup desk anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna narrow it down so I have a little makeup bag and gonna do the makeup in the bathroom oh no that's and what I do
0: are you ready for that life yeah I okay am. yeah
1: Christopher's like are you sure uh, yeah. are you sure he goes can you think about it I was like yes I'll think about it Can you it. think? he's about like, it? he's like can you think about it because if you get a dresser you can't sit there and do your makeup I was like I know and I was like really the only reason that I had all that makeup was because obviously I enjoy it mm-hmm. but I was like, I don't have a YouTube channel. I don't want to start a YouTube channel for makeup. Like, I don't want to. So why do I need it? You know, I was like, I only got one face. I don't need it. Yeah, because
0: you're already going to do Sensational. Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm invested in
1: it already. Yeah. I was like, I don't need, I don't need it all. And I was like, I'm just, I just don't. Right. Like, it'll expire before I get to it. I don't know how long some of these mascaras I've had.
0: Yeah. I'm like, your eyeball could burn up as soon as you go to touch your eye with it.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm getting rid of it. So I'm getting rid of my table. We're going to get a long dresser because he has way too many clothes that Mm. are sitting in my closet piled up.
0: I'm just like, oh, I'm excited for you. I love that. I'm
1: loving, loving life right now. Good. It's
0: great. Did you stay up till midnight? Did you celebrate? Yeah. We we went went to his parents' house
1: because his parents do a New Year's Eve party every year. And I'm always the party pooper because I don't get drunk enough like yeah. I get drunk like maybe between six and nine and Ugh. then from nine to twelve it's strictly water because I'm going home and sleeping in my own bed thank you <laughs> <I love it. laughs> and I'm such a party pooper because like literally midnight hits and I'm like all right round them up Let's we're go. out <laughs> get time out for bed. <laughs> yeah and Christopher we got moonshine when we went to Gatlinburg over Labor Day nice Christopher drank some moonshine so he was a little intoxicated was he having a great time he was having a great time good and so I was like, all right, midnight. Wrap <laughs> him up, move him out. We're leaving.
0: Oh my but god. But he had had a
1: little too much to drink so he couldn't really move yet. Nice. <laughs> I oh, like, I love it. Sitting there and like tapping my foot I'm like, "Okay, can we go now?" Are you done? I was like, "Are you ready? <laughs> you okay?"
0: Oh my gosh. But we did. We had a
1: we had a nice time. And I I do enjoy cuz I mean, we eat good, it's good company, all that stuff. But like I said, for Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever, I don't play cards. I mm-hmm. don't like to play. It's not that I don't want to play cards and spend my money, whatever. That's a whole other thing. I don't want to do that. But I just don't like it. I just don't think it's you fun. You don't have a good time. Yeah. So, and I think I said even in the Thanksgiving episode that New Year's Eve, like, all I want to do is sit and watch Dick Clark's New Year's mm-hmm. Eve, and that's it. Like, yep, that's all. I don't I don't need a whole big shebang. So, Christopher and I, for the past three years, have we interact for like a little bit and then they start playing cards and then we go into the living room and watch New Year's Eve. Okay. And for the past three years, that's what we've done and that's what we did this year. And I was just like, the entire time I was like, I could be doing this at home with my cats. (laughs) It's like.
0: Yeah. No, I feel you. Yeah. Well, that's.
1: But I did stay up till midnight, went to bed. We didn't wake up till 1030, which for him, for him is like real sleeping in. Yeah, because what time does he get up? He gets up at,
0: Five thirty every morning. Yeah, so that's late,
1: and my body's been accustomed to waking up at four thirty now. Mm-hmm. So that's it's not that big of a deal. But we, I'm usually on the weekends. It's like seven o'clock. He's like, "All right, let's go." You bored? I'm bored. Come <sighs> on, let's go. <sighs> and it's like, but we woke up at ten thirty, and I was like making stuff. And I looked at my phone. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's ten thirty already. The day like, is yeah. gone." Like, yeah, that's what I felt like. And yeah, oh, it was. It was a good weekend, though. It was good. a good four day weekend. I, and I love that. It, even I love though I it. had one literally. Uh,
0: Doesn't matter. Three days prior. Necessary. <laughs> needed
1: it. <laughs> needed it. I needed it. Oh, so bad. man.
0: It was good, though. Good. What did you do? Um, <laughs> now I... that I've talked for 15 minutes straight. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do a ton because I wasn't feeling great. Yeah. I got super duper sick on Christmas Day, got a flat tire. My mm-hmm. son got super sick. So we were just kind of bums together. Um, I missed two days of work in a row, Mm -hmm. which is, I have, i of. I'm, I was so distraught over it. Like I had like an anxiety stomach ache the entire time Yeah, because I was like missing meetings. I was just like at home, like, well, this (laughs) is it. You might as well just get a new job. You missed two days in a row. It's over. Uh, So. I was not awake at midnight on New Mm -hmm. Year's Eve. I'm just a sleepy baby all the time. Don't feel bad because if I had a choice I would not have been awake either. Yeah. I was I
1: was like ready for bed at 8.30. Like I was sitting there on the couch and I'm like, all right, is it midnight yet?
0: Yeah. Uh, I did put all my Christmas stuff away. The Festivus pole has been put into the closet until next year. Um, I aired my grievances. (laughs) Everything's all set. (laughs) So I did have a nice a nice time. And I watched uh Bandersnatch that Choose Your Own Adventure Black Mirror movie. Oh, I'm so going to we're so, so going to watch that this weekend. Oh, good. So Cuz it's good. It. I loved I loved it. That's it really felt cool. very neat. Yeah. It was very neat. Yeah. I was into it.
1: Cool. That's it. I got my DNA stuff back. Tell me. Okay. So, I did <clears throat> you know this DNA thing is this big craze and yeah. I've been like really wanting to know, you know, I'm like, come on. You right. gotta, I just got to know. And so I signed up and I got the Helix one. Mm-hmm. There's like 23 andme me and Ancestry and stuff. And I did Helix because it, <laughs> it was the cheapest.
0: I did 23 and me a couple of years ago because it was the cheapest at that time. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> guess what? It was nothing surprising. Yeah. So and
1: so I got I got my test results back and that kind of stuff. And it said, a hundred percent European, right? And I was like, a hundred percent. Wow, like I knew. I was... What is
0: it when you're like AKC registered? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And I knew, I knew I was gonna be like a lot European because mm-hmm. before doing all of this, I, I've always been told like my mom's side of the family, like grandpa side, is Hungarian, mm-hmm. and my dad's side comes from like Germany and that kind of stuff. Staying, okay, like. Italy, I almost said Italy, Italy, Italy and that kind of stuff. So I've always known that I was like mostly European, but mm-hmm. I, I was like 100% what? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And found out some other, just the other stuff that doesn't really, that doesn't interest you. <laughs> <laughs> so I I was like, well, with Helix, with the DNA kit that I got, it came with a $25 or $20 gift card. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm not just going to let $20 go to waste. And then with they know that n- about you Christmas or New Year's, it went on the one the advanced ancestry one Ooh, went on sale. Okay, even like did a kind of a half off thing again. I was like, here Get we it. go. Yeah, so because that was kind of what I, I thought I would be more interested in, like the health stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was like definitely more interested in the ancestry stuff, and I was like, well, let's do this. So I am forty percent. I'm hundred percent European, obviously. Forty percent right. is from Northwestern Europe. So I am actually more German than I thought I was. I thought I was, like, strictly Hungarian. (laughs) And just that my dad's (laughs) side of the family came from northwestern Europe. But Mm -hmm. I'm only 19% eastern Europe, which is, like, Hungary in that area. And then 16% northeastern Europe, uh, 14% west... Mediterranean, 9% Southwestern Europe, and 3% Italy and Southern Europe. Wow. So I'm like, cool. Um, So my closest relation is actually to Germany and France, is what they pulled. Mm. And I was like, I like that. Do you like that? I do like that. That's cool. So that was really cool. And I found out I'm related to these people. Are you ready? Tell me. Queen Victoria. (gasps) Nicholas Copernicus. Oh my gosh. Benjamin Franklin. Stop. Marie Antoinette. Stop it right now. Napoleon. Oh, my word. Maria Teresa, who's Marie Antoinette's mother. And she was the—oh, shoot. What, did, what was it? It was—she was the longest—hang on. I texted it to my mom. Okay. Oh, shit. I deleted it. Uh, she was, like, the longest—I'm probably wrong on this, but she's like, the longest-running female monarch of Austria, Ooh. Hungary, Berlin, like, that kind of stuff. And I was like,
0: "Oh, well, that's cool." I totally see that. I feel those vibes. Yeah, I'm you like for sure. Oh, Powerhouse. Sure.
1: Yes. Um, I'm related to Petrarch. Petrarch. I don't really know who that is. I've never heard that name before in any of my history classes. Okay. I guess I don't really know. <laughs> um, Richard the Third also have never heard of. I'm related to Abraham Lincoln. Get it. And Jesse James. Stop! Oh yeah. my god! I was like, that is so freaking cool. I love that. I was that. so excited. Ooh, I'm sad I don't know who I'm related to. I know. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I was
0: yeah. Like, what? Whoa. Neat.
1: So, that is neat. That was really, really fun to do. I'm really excited to see those results. I was yeah. like,
0: dude, that's cool. I like that. Do you remember that show called Who Do You Think You Are on NBC? And they took, like, some famous people and did their ancestry, and they traveled around. Was it called Who Do You Think You Are? I think so. Yeah. I vaguely remember I liked
1: that. Yeah. (gasps) It was really cool to see, like, exactly where. And it shows on the thing. I'll show it to you. It shows on the app, like, the—what's it called? The map? Yeah. (laughs) Why can't I ever remember what maps are
0: called? So while you're looking for that, Mm -hmm. my son— is sleeping in at the moment and we are recording. It's 1024. Yeah. Still no word from him that he's awake. <laughs> I have been out of the house for like six hours. <laughs> <laughs> he's still not even awake yet. That's funny. Christmas break, y'all.
1: Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Okay, here. So the pink one is the is like Oh Northwestern Europe. And it's like, you're from right there. That's neat. That area. So cool. I was just so excited. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's
0: exciting.
1: Yeah, and I closely match. I match closest with with the German descent mm. reference population. I match closely closest with German, and then second closest with French. So that's um,
0: neat. Yeah, I like that. Still Hungarian, though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I yeah. still got a lot of my grandpa's side of the family's genes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh man. So, okay. So have you done that? Twinning app thing where you no. do the little picture and it gives you. Is it like an app
1: or is it? Oh, well, just you can do website. it online. Yeah. Okay.
0: <clears throat> twinning, <clears throat> twinning. Um, I posted mine oh. on Instagram and it was all men. What? Why? I mean, you kind of do look like i them. <laughs> I do. I loved this one. I was like, <laughs> yes. And then my daughter sent hers, so I twinned with all men. And then Amelia, who everyone says we look exactly alike, sent this one. And, oh, Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's terrible. I loved it. Oh, man. I keep moving before it takes a picture. I don't even know who these men are, though, except for Johnny Weir. I don't know Sterling Bowman. But 82% match. He has blue eyes. To Sterling? Yeah. Josh Brenner. Don't know him. John Hodgman, he looks like a comedian, but I don't, can't place him. Sterling
1: Bowman is... An actor <clears throat> in, he's been in like Law and Order, Criminal Minds, CSI.
0: Mm. He's not
1: been in anything that's like real big.
0: <laughs> so I'm like some B list like actor, half ass And actor. he's like got
1: dirty blonde hair and blue eyes. Are you going to show me who my, oh
0: shit. Goddamn. Well, Emily can't um, figure it out. So that's why?
1: why I'm 24 years old and I can't figure out how to work my damn phone. Okay, let's try this again. Okay, do it again. You're so cute. I like these little whatever's happening right here. You like that? That's me all the time. (laughs) Goodness. Okay. It's loading. Nikki Blonsky. Oh. I'll take it. Yeah. Maisie Williams.
0: Oh, yeah. I like her.
1: Danica McKellar.
0: Oh, Winnie from. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I was like, I don't know who that is. but The Wonder
0: Years. What would you. Sorry. Now I'm going to have to watch The Wonder Years. Oof. Um, I had two other ones, but it's not loading them. I was very tickled. Uh, it's like, remember the art one from last year? Yeah. I liked those results way better. Yeah. I had too. good eyebrow ladies. Good eyebrow ladies. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Do you, do you want to
1: talk about murder?
0: Okay. I have to be completely honest with you. I was not super prepared. I was way more prepared last week than this week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's because I was sick I don't know it's okay but i got it okay and my woman's last name is calico but the whole time i was like reading it and plotting it out and like talking about it i kept pronouncing it calico <laughs> and then and then i like got up from my desk and went back and sat down and i was like it's calico you freaking idiot <laughs>
1: Don't you love when you do Calico. that? You're like, oh my god! I
0: was like, ooh, what a what an exotic name! No, stop. Get some help. Oh gosh, oh, boy, mine is actually long. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So, um, it's okay. okay that you didn't. Good. Good spice to know. It up.
1: Do you want to go first? Spice you up your life.
0: Too. Um, you go first. Did, okay. Who went first last time? Me. You did, I think. It was me. So it's your turn. Yeah, you did because we talked about that. <clears> throat> <stupid> throat> oh my case. Yeah. Ugh. Literally, just,
1: I had, what's bad is I have to go back and I don't have to, but I did. I went back and listened because yeah. I had, needed to edit some stuff out and I was like,
0: ugh. Mm-hmm. I to listened to it twice. <laughs> I know I I listened to it with Amelia because she, my daughter, she wanted me to do oh, it. Oh yeah, that's right. So we were cleaning. I did go over and help her rearrange her room, and she bought new. She- we she oh, got so new fun. sheets for Christmas with little kitty cats on so them. So fun. Yeah. So we rearranged and like, it's she's got a whole new bedroom now, and I love it, and she loves it. So we listened to that while we were doing it, and like when it got down into like the dirt of it, I was like. I'm sorry. Do you not want to listen to this? This is terrible. This is sad. I was like, this is like a lot of sadness. And she goes, I know I sent you this story. And I was like, oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. That's oh, whoops. Right. but anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So I'm doing. Okay. I'm. Okay. I'm just going to start. And the realizational hit. Oh, shit. I'm going to. I was going to say something. But then if I say something, then it's going to give it away to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Richard David Falco was born June 1st, 1953 in Brooklyn, New York, to Betty Broder and Joseph Kleinman. Betty was married to Tony Falco and had a daughter with him. And although Falco had abandoned her, they never got divorced. She later had an affair with Joseph, who was married. When Betty told Joseph that she was pregnant, he told her to get rid of the baby. Instead, she gave birth to the baby, listing Falco as the father.
0: So Mm. it's
1: a convoluted oof. Shortly after his birth, Richard David Falco was adopted by Nathan and Pearl Berkowitz.
0: Hey! Okay, yay.
1: Um, This is the one you thought I was doing last week. Uh, Yeah. That's why I was like, "Mm, we're just going to do it. Um, A Jewish couple. They reversed the order of the baby's first and middle names, making him David Richard Berkowitz, the
0: son of Sam. (laughs) I love you so much. (laughs) You just bring me so much light.
1: Okay. (laughs) Uh, Berkowitz had above... above, restart. <clears throat> Berkowitz had above average intelligence but lost interest in, in, in learning at an early age, starting his troubled childhood. Entered the infatuation with petty larceny and pyromania. Berkowitz loved playing baseball and earned a reputation as a bully throughout his neighborhood. Pearl, his adopted mother, div- died in 1967 of breast cancer. He was always closer to his mother so he ar- so his already strained relationship with his father became even more so and he disliked the woman that Nathan later married. Uh.
0: So much light. In
1: 1971, Berkowitz joined the U.S. Army, holding an active position until 1974, managing to avoid service in the Vietnam War and serving in both the States and in South Korea. After his service in the war, Berkowitz located his mother and after his birth mother. And after a few visits, he learned the details of his conception and birth and then fell out of contact with her. In late 1975, Berkowitz claimed to have attacked two women with a knife on Christmas Eve. One of the alleged victims was never identified, but the other victim, Michelle Foreman, was hospitalized due to her wounds. Berkowitz was never charged. Shortly after the attack, Berkowitz moved to a home in Yonkers, New York. I just want to live in Yonkers because I like to say Yonkers.
0: It sounds like a made-up place. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In the summer of 1976, shootings began in New York, terrifying the state, earning international press coverage. The shooter used a 44-caliber gun and was classified as the 44-caliber killer. July 29th, 1976, 19-year-old Jolie, 19-year-old Jody Valenti, and 18-year-old Donna Loria. Um, F.Y.I., I'm probably going to butcher most of these names. It's just- fine. 18 uh, year old Donna Loria were sitting in a car parked outside Donna's apartment in the Bronx when they were shot. In the Bronx when they were shot. Donna was killed, but Jody survived. Even though it appeared to be a completely random crime, the shooting got little attention. Hmm. Three months later, on October 23rd, there was another shooting, but in Queens. Carl De Niro was 19 years old and was sitting in a parked car with 18 year old Rosemary-, Rosemary Keenan when the, last, when the glass shattered. Jeez. Hmm. Keenan quickly started the car and sped away for help. They did not realize that someone had been shooting at them, even though De Niro was bleeding from a bullet wound to his head. Uh, Keenan only had superficial injuries from the broken glass, but De Nero eventually needed a metal plate to replace a portion of his skull. Neither victim saw the attacker. Police determined that the bullets embedded in Keenan's car were 44 caliber, but they were also but they were so damaged and deformed that they thought it unlikely that they could ever be linked to a particular weapon. De Niro had, short, had shoulder-length hair, and police later speculated that the shooter had mistaken him for a girl. Rosemary was the daughter of a 20-year veteran detective of the NYPD, Detective Redmond Keenan. So, obviously, that got investigated. Mm-hmm. A month after that, 16-year-old Donna Damasi and 18-year-old Joanne Lamino, Lomino, because it looks like Domino, but with an L, we're walking home after seeing Calico. a movie. <laughs> We're walking home after seeing a movie in Queens. They were stopped on Joanne's porch chatting when a man dressed in military fatigues approached them, asking for directions. In a high pitched voice he said, Can you tell me how to get? And then pulled his revolver, shooting both of the girls once. Wow. Yeah. As they mm-hmm. fell to the ground, he shot several more rounds, hitting the apartment building. A neighbor ran out, saw a blonde man run by holding a pistol in his left hand. Donna was shot in the neck but survived, and Joanne was hit in the back, ultimately left a paraplegic. Two months later, January 30th, 1977, fiancés Christine Christine and John Deal were shot, Uh, they were both 26, were shot sitting together in a parked car. John survived, but Christine died from her injuries, which, that would be so sad.
0: Yeah. So sad.
1: Yeah. Oh. Police determined that the shooter used a 44 caliber Charter Arms Bulldog Revolver, which I looked it up, and it's like this short little stocky, stumpy gun. Okay. I love that you looked it up. I did, because I didn't know what it, I mean, I knew what a revolver was, but I didn't know what a Charter Arms Bulldog was. Hell if I know.
0: Like, because it said bulldog, that it would be a little, like... Short and stumpy yeah. and stocky. You're right. <sighs> so smart. I'm, yeah, not gun smart. Dog smart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Context clues. (laughs) Police connected the shootings, noting that the earlier victims had been shot with large caliber shells as well. Police also noted that the shootings were targeting young women with long, dark hair and or young couples sitting in parked cars, but didn't release any of that information. Mm -hmm. On March 8th, 21-year-old Virginia Virginia, was shot by a passerby as she was walking in Queens about a block away from where Christine and John were shot. She died instantly after trying to block the bullet by lifting her textbooks. Oh. The police matched the 44 caliber shell to f- to those found in the first shootings in July.
0: Oh, I hate that.
1: Yeah. On March tenth, nineteen ninety seven, the police held a press conference announcing that the same 44 caliber pistol had been used in several of the shootings and stating that the killer had a vendetta against women, perhaps due to chronic rejection. You get rejected, guys.
0: Life happens. It does. So some like pretty dark haired girl said, said no. Said no. And this is what happens. No. Calm down, dude. You're not. Literally calm down. Nobody is that great. Nobody.
1: <laughs> the Operation Omega Task Force was charged with investigating the crimes under the direction of Deputy Inspector Timothy J. Dowd, Rosemary Keenan's dad, Detective Redmond Keenan, was also a detective in Operation Omega Task Force. Mm. Omega Task Force. Yeah. I want to be in Operation Omega. Fuck yeah. I just want to be in an operation. <laughs> um, <laughs> side note, Operation Omega was eventually comprised of around 300 police officers. That's a lot. Brick. That's that a lot. is a lot. <clears throat> New York City Mayor Abraham Beam called what he saw as, mu- as a much needed press conference to discuss the Sam- Son of Sam case. I don't know if this is the same c- press conference that happened on March 10th or if it's a different one. Because okay. there wasn't a date attached to this, but whatever. Son of Sam was the kind of name that the press would really grab onto and create a media persona. Uh, Beam dreaded the entire thing, saying, quote, The killings were a horror. The police were under terrible strain. Everyone was beginning to question his ability to capture the gunman. It was every cop who was after him, all 25,000 of them. Damn. Eyewitnesses had reported a yellow Volkswagen at one of the shootings, so police made extensive efforts to track down these cars. In addition to trying to locate the owners of thousands of 44 Bulldog revolvers, police interviewed thousands of people. Which I think that that's like crazy. It is. Having to interview thousands of people. You know how many
0: people are thousands of people? I mean, imagine you're what would make it stand out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I don't even know. At, at some point, you just are writing down answers to these same Boring bullshit questions. Yeah. I don't know. I just, that's insane. <coughs> On April 16th,
1: 1977, one month after the press conference was held, 20 year old Alexander Esau and 18 year old Valentina Suriana were killed in the Bronx, only a few blocks from the scene of the Damasian Lom- Lomino shooting. Mm-hmm. In the street, not too far from Alexander and Valentina's bodies, a police officer found a handwritten letter, block writing, all caps. Kind of creepy looking. Mm-hmm. The letter was addressed to Captain Joe Borelli of Operation Omega. The letter read, and I quote, I am deeply hurt by your calling me a... In, okay, hold on. Back up, Emily. Okay. Spelling is terrible in this letter. Okay. If you haven't seen it, like, for example, woman is spelled W-E-M-A-N. Like,
0: it's just... I'm going to go look at the letter.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to read it like it's supposed to say without spelling errors. Okay. <laughs> so it says, quote, I am deeply hurt by your calling me a woman hater. I am not, but I am a monster. I am the son of Sam. I am a little brat. When Father Sam gets drunk, he gets mean. He beats our family. Sometimes he ties me up to the back of the house. Other times he locks me in the garage. Sam loves to drink blood. Go out and kill, commands Father Sam. Behind our house, some rest. Mostly young, raped, and slaughtered. Their their blood drained, just bones now. Papa Sam keeps me locked in the attic, too. I can't get out, but I look out the attic window and watch the world go by. I feel like an outsider. I am on a different wavelength than everybody else, programmed to kill. However, to stop me, you must kill me. Attention all police. Shoot me first, shoot to kill, or else keep out of my way, or you will die. Papa Sam is old now. He needs some blood to preserve his youth. He has too many heart attacks. Uh, I don't know what this is supposed to say, but it says, Uh, oh, me hoot, it hurts, sonny boy. I miss my pretty princess most of all. She's resting in our lady's house, but I'll see her soon. I am the monster, Beelzebub, the chubby behemoth. I love to hunt, prowling the streets looking for fair game, tasty meat. The women of Queens are prettiest of all. I must be the water they drink. I live for the hunt, my life. Blood for Papa, Mr. Borelli, sir. I don't want to kill any more. No, sir, no more, but I must. Honor thy father. I want to make love to the world. I love people. I don't belong on earth. Return me to Yahoo's. To the people of Queens, I love you, and I want to wish you all a happy Easter. May God bless you in this life and in the next. And for now, I say goodbye and goodnight. Please let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back. To be interpreted as bang, 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 bang. Uh, yours in murder, Mr. Monster.
0: I mean, okay, so I looked at the handwriting. It mm-hmm. looks like he used his non-dominant Dominant hand, hand, for yeah. sure. It also looks, <clears throat> it's, I was like trying
1: to come up with some describing factors. mm mm-hmm and i'll post it on instagram off air with ep what up <laughs> <laughs> um but and i was like thinking I, but i was like i don't know how well this is translate obviously i'm going to say it anyway it looks like he was trying to write fast but was still writing mm. at like a normal <clears throat> speed yeah it's it looks rushed but shaky not yeah it's uncertain
0: almost it I looks like an older person wrote it in big block letters yeah yeah like yeah. cuz they it looks very shaky mm-hmm. yeah
1: so psychiatrists analyzed the letter and thought that the writer may have had paranoid schizophrenia.
0: Yeah, it's making me paranoid right now.
1: Yeah, seriously. Okay, on April 16, 1977, Sal Lupo and 17-year-old Judy Placido had left the Elphis Disco in Queens. The couple was sitting in their parked car when Placido said, "This son of Sam is really scary. The way that the way that guy comes out of nowhere, you'll never know where he'll hit next." Uh, then moments later, three gunshots blasted through the car hitting both Sal and Judy. Like how freaking Whoa. spooky. Uh, don't speak <clears throat> don't speak bad things into existence. Yeah, just yeah. leave them. Uh, neither of them was injured seriously, and Sal ran to Elpis for help as the shooter fled the scene. Dr. Martin Lubin, former head of forensic psychiatry at Bellevue, along with some 45 other psychiatrists, convened to contribute to the psychological profile of of the man that they were seeking. In May of 1977, the police knew that they were looking for a paranoid schizophrenic who may have considered himself possessed of a demonic power. The killer was almost certainly a loner who had difficulty with relationships, particularly relationships with women. Um, Police offered composite sketches of suspects in the shootings based off of witness or survivor testimony. But in some cases, the composites were quite different, Um, which I saw some of the composites and they are Mm -hmm. they are a little all over the place. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Police publicly insisted that only a single suspect was being sought after one sketch and a description roughly matched Berkowitz listing his descriptive factors as medium height, slightly pudgy with short, dark and curly hair. Another suspect. Another suspect was listed almost the exact opposite, a man that was tall and slim, a hippie sort with jaw-length hair that was light brown or dark blonde. This caused police to speculate that they might be looking for one killer who was using a wig.
0: Okay, can I say something really quick? Yes, please. And I apologize greatly to everyone. He's kind of hot. Berkowitz? Yeah. You are crazy. No, you don't no, think I so? No, I don't think so. But, I mean. He's got nice lips, a
1: lot of dark hair. No, nah. I mean, he's got the potential to be,
0: but Ch- I don't. Chubby I don't behemoth. Think so. Chubby behemoth. I'd be down for some chubby behemoth. <laughs> he look okay. Um, uh, I watched browse.
1: a couple. He did like a sit down interview <clears throat> with somebody, and I watched it on YouTube, and it's like real. I, I couldn't watch it all because I just I couldn't do
0: it. Mm-hmm. But he looks the exact same. He's just bald. Oh, I wouldn't like him bald. I yeah. don't think. Yeah, but as you know he's not richard ramirez but <laughs> right seriously sorry. i'm sorry don't be sorry <clears throat> look at him smile yeah. worse better worse i just i don't know this one yeah actually... this one is the one yeah that one i'd reply to that dm he's okay just um... kidding i'm not not kidding at all anyway <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs>
1: Um, the Omega task force was then flooded with calls. Everyone, it seemed, knew the killer. He was the neighbor who came home late every night, the odd brother-in-law who played with guns all the time, the Mm -hmm. weird guy in the bar who hated pretty girls. The list of suspects was endless. Every one of these thousands of leads had to be checked out and disqualified a huge chore for any task force. While the police were chasing down every suspect, checking registrations for 44 weapons, uh, 44 caliber weapons, tracing activities of former mental patients and run tra- tracing activities of formal mental patients and generally running themselves ragged the son of sam had become had become emboldened by the pub, by the publicity the media had a heyday with the shootings publishing every single detail and speculation of the investigation australian publisher rupert murdoch said that the new york post offered perhaps the most sensational coverage of the crimes a month later After uh, Sal Lupo and Judy Placido were shot, May 30th, 1977, New York Daily News columnist Jimmy, Jimmy Breslin received a handwritten letter from the shooter. After consulting with the police and agreeing to withhold portions of the letter, the New York Daily News published the letter a week later. The letter read in part, hello from the gutters of NYC, which are filled with dog manure, vomit, stale wine, urine, and blood. Hello from the sewers of NYC which swallow up these delicacies when they are washed away by the sweeper trucks. Hello from the cracks in the sidewalks of NYC and from the ants that dwell in the cracks and feed in the dried blood of the dead that has settled into the cracks. The letter author said he was a fan of Breslin, noting, quote, JB, I also want to tell you that I read your column daily and find it quite informative. It also says, what will you have for July 29, which is the anniversary of the first 44 caliber shooting. Mm. The day that this paper came out, over 1.1 million copies were sold. Breslin urged the killer to to turn himself into the police. The writer ignored Breslin's suggestion, and on July 30th, killed again. Just a day after the one-year anniversary of the first 44-caliber shootings, the police set up a large dragnet focusing the pro, focusing on the previous hunting grounds of Queens and the Bronx. But the shooter struck in Bro- but the shooter struck in Brooklyn, shooting 20-year-old Stacy Moskowitz and Robert Violent. Violanti on head he- in the head as they sat in a parked car. Stacy died from the gunshot wound, but Viol- Violante survived and was blinded. That evening, Cecilia Davis, who lived near the crime scene, saw a man remove a parking ticket from his yellow Ford Galaxy, which had been parked too close to a fire hydrant. She saw this man for a few minutes before the shooting, and then she contacted the police. And she then contacted the police, which, which was, like, super smart. Like, good for you, lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, Police determined that David Berkowitz was the one that was issued the parking ticket. Hey! How cool would it be? Okay, it wouldn't be cool to see it, but how cool would it be to know that you, like, you did it. You did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. So cool. The NYPD thought that Berkowitz was now an important witness, and a detective called Yonkers asking for police assistance in tracking him down. Mike Novotny was a sergeant at the Yonkers Police Department and they sa- and said that they had their own suspicions about Berkowitz in connection to other strange crimes in Yonkers, crimes that they had seen re- seen referenced in one of the Son of Sam letters. The NYPD was shocked when the Yonkers police told them that they believed Berkowitz might just be the Son of Sam and simply not an important witness. The NYPD began their investigation, finding his car parked on the street outside his apartment and a rifle in the back seat. As they searched the vehicle, they found a 44 caliber bulldog pistol, along with the maps of the crime scenes and a letter addressed to Sergeant Dowd of the Omega Task Force. Uh, Setting yourself up for failure.
0: Can I can I ask you really quick? Do you think that it was so big because it was such a scary time, and like that was like a real big thing, or is, do you think it was because of the the connection to the detective's daughter and all that? Do you think that's what made it so manhunty? Um. <clears throat>
1: I think it was just big because it was a scary time.
0: Yeah, that's how I feel. Because okay. to
1: me, like, I didn't know. I mean, I've heard of this case before, but yeah. I didn't know that she was related to— Me either. Like, had no
0: idea. Okay, cool. That's what. That's where I was going with it. Yeah. I was just curious what so you feel found like, or thought.
1: I feel like if it was, like, real manhunty, that would have been something in every single story.
0: Right. You know? Do you remember the movie Summer of Sam, by the way, with I, John Leguizamo and Adrian Brody? I don't. It was pretty good. It was about this— the, it was about it. the atmosphere at the time, which, yeah, yeah, was intense, which I, I like, yeah, anyway, I
1: I claim I know a lot about this stuff, but I really don't know.
0: i I'm like a dabbler, yeah, yeah, I realize so, like as as we
1: like talk about this stuff, I'm like, mm, didn't know that one, yeah, I'm like, oh shit, I don't know anything. yeah, <laughs> don't know anything <laughs> at all, actually. So Berkowitz left his apartment in Yonkers hours later, where he was arrested on August 10th, 1977. His first words upon re- upon arrest were reported to be, what took you so long?
0: Oh, my God. I'm right in the face. I know. but took you so long? It's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. It's kind of like, hmm. <laughs> So. I mean, if he hadn't murdered a bunch of people because he was like a little bit of a loser. Yeah. When police searched his apartment, they found it
1: in disarray with occult graffiti on the walls. They also found a diary where Berkowitz was documenting and taking credit for dozens of arsons located throughout the New York area.
0: Oh, oh, you know what? It's, it's it's definitely obviously like a better version of the notes. Yeah, the handwriting is. Wow. Yeah, that's Susie. super weird. Yeah.
1: Um, so without a warrant, police were worried that their initial search of the car would be ruled unconstitutional. Which, like, duh. Mm-hmm. They searched his car initially based on the fact that the hunting rifle was visible in the back seat, even though possession of a hunting rifle was legal in New York City and didn't require a special permit. So they oh, had wow, nothing. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Um, thankfully, Berkowitz confessed quickly to the shootings and the son of Sam killings after being questioned for only 30 minutes and expressed an interest in pleading guilty in exchange for receiving life in prison instead of facing the death Penalty. Pen- penalty. During questioning, Berkowitz told police that the, quote, Sam mentioned in the first letter was Sam Carr, a former neighbor. He claimed that Carr's dog, Harvey, was possessed by an ancient demon and that it commanded Berkowitz to kill. He admitted to once trying to kill the dog only to be unsuccessful due to a supernatural interference or the vet that saved its life. Mm -hmm. Actually, this (laughs) (laughs) this admission seemed to demand an insanity defense. So obviously, paranoid schizophrenic hmm Hello. The dog's talking to him. Hello. <laughs>
0: Hello. The dog's talking to him.
1: God, I wish my cats could talk back to me.
0: I so wish. I would never see you again.
1: No. I'd be like, deuces. I've got life stories to catch up on.
0: <laughs> There's been a couple of times where
1: I'm like, I say something to squirt. And I'm like, God, can you imagine if he just, like, bounced back? He, in my mind, he talks. This is, I'm going to sound like say such it. a damn. Tell me. Crazy person, he sound in my mind. He sounds like a little British old man, <laughs> like you know, if you watch like like a movie and there's an older like an old butler, right, in England, and he just has that like real thick like English. That's what Squirt sounds like in my head. Like oh if my he could god. talk, that's oh what my Squirt would god. Sound like. I
0: love you so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. Oh my god, I'm a mess. It's. <sighs> <great.
1: clears throat> Um, according to journalist Maury Terry's book, The Ultimate Evil, during his sentencing, Berkowitz repeatedly chanted Stacy was a whore at a at a quiet though audible volume. Like
0: fuck you. Jesus, dude.
1: Uh he was referring to presumably Stacy Moskowitz, who died in the final forty four caliber shooting. His behavior caused an uproar and the courtroom was adjourned, which I mean yeah. obviously. Yeah.
0: That would cause—oh, my gosh. I'm in an uproar right now. Yeah,
1: seriously. <laughs> On May 8th, 1978, Berkowitz withdrew the insanity defense and pleaded guilty to, six, to the six 44 caliber murders. He was given six 25 years to life sentences for the crime, which was the maximum sentence at the time, making his maximum term some 365 years behind bars. And he also later claimed that the Hollow & song, Rich Girl, motivated the murders. Oh, my God. Just a side note. Um, Berkowitz's behavior in prison, prison earned him the nickname David
0: Berserkowitz. Wow. That's, that's kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Come on, guys. You can do <laughs> Uh
1: Berkowitz claims to have been a Satanist at the time of the murders and suggested that he was part of a violent cult which actually perpetrated the crimes. In October of 1978, Berkowitz mailed a book about witchcraft and other occult subjects to police in North Dakota. He had underlined several passages, passages and also referred to some marginal notes, including a phrase, Arliss Perry hunted, stalked, and slain, followed to Calif, California, but it's abbreviated to Calif, Stanford Calif. University. Arliss Perry was a 19-year-old North Dakota native who was newlywed and was killed in a chapel on the grounds of Stanford University on October 12th of 1974. Her murder remains unsolved, and Berkowitz also mentioned the Perry murder in a few letters, suggesting he had heard details of the crime from the murderer. Writing in the San Jose Mercury News, Jesse Seifert noted that, quote, local investigators interviewed him in prison and now believe he has nothing, to va- nothing of value to offer regarding the Perry case. So, hmm. 1979, a fellow inmate attempted to take Berkowitz's life. Berkowitz refused to identify the person or persons who had cut his throat, but he suggested... That the act was directed by the cult he once belonged to. Oh. It's schizophrenic. Okay. Paranoid. Berkowitz, re- <laughs> Berkowitz reportedly invited the former priest and exorcist Malachi Martin to visit him to discuss his past occult involvement, which he, Malachi Martin, is rumored to work with Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like the conjuring oh, yeah, people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, that's a whole nother thing that we could get into. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that stuff. Like I told you earlier today, it terrifies me, but as long as I got somebody to watch it with me, we're good to go. Oh, my gosh. I will watch and eat that up. Uh, Berkowitz claimed he did not act alone in the killings, bringing up the cult thing, saying they sacrificed animals to Satan and ran a child pornography racket. Uh, Berkowitz also claims that he's not the son of Sam Shooter, but merely Mm -hmm. one of the many lookout men. And his claims, he puts the blame on John Carr as one of the shooters, as well as Carr's brother, Michael, who he claimed to be the shooter in the Queen's Disco shooting. Sam was the father of John and Michael Carr, and John lived in the house behind Berkowitz's and owned Harvey, the dog that Berkowitz claimed to be a demon. So it's a big. Yeah. <laughs> um, in that same book. Um, written by Maury Terry, the ultimate evil. It argued in favor favor of the cult theory, placing the blame on a violent offshoot of the process church. Uh, Queen's district attorney John Santucci, I like that name, mm-hmm. who says he thought he he thought the case against Berkley, Berkowitz was lacking, was so impressed with Terry's research, um, as Chris Summers of the BB, no, was so impressed with Terry's research that. He agreed to reopen the son of Sam case, but no date. But to date, no one else has ever been charged in connection with the crimes. Even without endorsing the cult theory, um, it's written that what most people don't know about the son of Sam case is that from the beginning, not everyone bought the idea that Berkowitz acted alone Hmm. on the list of skeptics are police who worked the case. Even the prosecutor from Queens where five of the shootings took place. Berkowitz now describes himself as a born-again Christian, says that his obsession with pornography played a major role in these murders. He sent a letter to New York Governor George Pataki asking that his parole hearing be canceled, stating, I can give you no good reason why I should even be considered. Which, good. Mm-hmm. At least he's feeling like some type of, I don't know if remorse is the right word to put it, but at least he realizes what he did and right. is like, I do not deserve to be out in the public. Mm-hmm. Which no you Agreed. Don't. You take one step outside that prison, you're probably going to die yourself. Um, in June of 2004, he was denied his second parole hearing after he stated that he didn't want one. The board saw that Berkowitz had a good record in the prison's, prison programs but decided that the brutality of his crimes called for him to stay in prison. Berkowitz is very involved in prison ministry and regularly counsels troubled inmates. Which like, great, okay. So the son of Sam is counseling inmates that may potentially get out eventually. That's great. Awesome. Good job, guys. Real proud. I'm almost done. You're fine. The major, one major side effect of his murder spree were the son of Sam laws. At first, the first of these laws were enacted in, no, start over, Emily. The first of these laws was enacted in the state of New York after rampant speculation about publishers offering Berkowitz large sums of money for his story. The new law, quickly named for Berkowitz, authorized the state to seize all money earned from such a deal from a criminal for five years with intention to use seized money to compensate victims. The Supreme Court Court declared such laws unconstitutional in 1991. As of 2005, Berkowitz is writing memoirs, which he plans to publish despite outrage from the family members of his victims' and victims' rights advocates. He has devoted his publishing efforts to bringing in funds for the victims' families. If you... God forbid this ever happened. Right. You were a family <clears throat> member of a victim that got brutally murdered. Would you accept money from
0: um the I would literally tell him to shove it up his asshole. I am so sincere about that. Yeah. Yeah. I would be like choke to fucking death on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Curious. I would do the same thing, but I was just
1: just curious. You're like,
0: let's see what Patrick's going to say.
1: Let's see what's going to come out of her mouth today. No, I'm just kidding. Um, in 2006, Berkowitz sued his former attorney. The attorney took possession of letters and other personal belongings from Berkowitz in order to publish a book of his own. Berkowitz has stated that he will only drop the lawsuit if the attorney signs over all money he makes to the victim's families. Now, what if that were the situation? If your killer, if your person's killer... Right. lawyer the lawyer was making was decided that he was going to make a book yeah and the killer was like no
0: you can make the book and i won't sue you
1: if you give the money to the victims families
0: i mean i guess you kind of don't have any choice about it yeah um i would be like Like, just miss me with that bullshit, to be completely honest with you. put it into some other kind of— Yeah. You know, like— Leave me out of it. Leave me and my fucking family alone. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry I got so heated about this. I'd I'd be like,
1: I've started this fund that will—that the people at this organization are taking care of.
0: Yes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I would not want it. Like mm-hmm. I would not want to go buy a loaf of bread with that money no matter how much I needed a loaf of bread. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Um as of August 21st of 2018, he has uh been held at the Sullivan Correctional Facility in upstate New York. And that is the son of Sam. I probably missed a lot of details. I mean, but there's a whole many, lot. How many times do I got to tell you? I ain't doing research. I
0: love you. And it's not strictly Written right there. I'm doing it. I loved when I was listening to the last episode when you just, like, yell about your brother being like, oh, yeah? I done told you. <laughs> poor and poor kid. He's like, jeez, I'm sorry. You said,
1: if you were listening. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad. Okay. So he—I don't remember what our exactly our entire text exchange was, but he said something, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, I— Oh, he asked if I got the DNA test results back. I said, um, yeah, we're 100% Nigerian. And he's <laughs> like, no, we're not. I was like, no, just kidding. We're 100% European. Mm-hmm. And, or at least, I mean, obviously his might be a little different. But 100% European for me, we came from the same parents. Highly doubt that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I said, but I ordered more to get a deeper look. And he goes, why did you, he goes, why did you spend your money on that? And I was like, okay. And I got, I got sassy back to him. Why did you spend your money on and that? And I said, because... I said because I wanted to know about more where we were from or something like that, and more about where we were from. And Mm -hmm. I said, "Why do you spend money on video games?" Because it's something you're interested in. And he goes, "I was just asking." Gosh, I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry." And I was like, "I'm just kidding." Like, just kidding. I was like trying to like backpedal real hard. I was like, "I'm so sorry, I'm sorry." And he's like, "He's like, why are you so angry?" I was like, "I'm not. I'm really not. I just, I'm sorry. I felt so bad." Like, oh man.
0: Oh, I love that though. That's the son of Sam. Awesome. That was good. You did a good job. Thank you. I like that your brother's like smack in the middle of my kids' ages too. Yeah, he So is. it's like you have a child you can discuss with me. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so we're going to talk about Tara Lee Calico. 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 <laughs> I, I thought stupid. you were going to say that when you were doing it, all you could do was <clears> picture <throat> cats. I wish because it would have made me think about it like, Way sooner into it. Okay. Because I really Calico. said Calico for a long ass time. I mean, I completely understand. I'm so glad that I caught it before we started recording. hmm Like, you have no idea. Yeah. Anyway.
1: I'm super starving right now. I am. i have been hungry, like, the past five days. I have been nonstop hungry. Yeah, what's up? Like, I'll eat breakfast, mm. and, like, 30 minutes later, I'm like, I'm starving. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. But I'm hung. I feel I'm hungry. You're hungry. I'm yeah. hungry too. Anyway,
0: <laughs> real hungry. <laughs> okay, Tara. Like anyway, let's talk about oh, fuck. Anyway, <laughs> so sorry, you guys. Like I two days off work and my whole life is out of order. Tara Lee Calico, born February twenty eighth, nineteen sixty nine, uh, disappeared near her home in. It says. Clearly, I can't pronounce anything. Balen, New Mexico, B E L E N. Balen, sure. Balen, B. Lin. One L. Yeah. Okay. Or is and, it Bellin, like Helen? Bellin. Ooh. Oh, Gosh. Because the I don't know. Calico, New Mexico, on September twentieth, nineteen. Okay, so she disappeared on September twentieth, nineteen eighty-eight. Out oh. of New Mexico. Out of New Mexico. <laughs> um. Assuming to be kidnapped on, okay, so on that day, Tuesday, she left her home at about 9.30 to go on her daily bike ride along New Mexico State Road 47. Now, we have a highway, Highway 11, that people sometimes ride their bikes down Mm -hmm. or walk down. It is scary and dangerous and don't do it. I'm assuming this had more of a, like a shoulder or some sort of bike trail near it because. I feel like every city has that one highway that it's like, it's busy. Yeah.
1: But it's not so busy that it's like impossible to ride bikes slash walk down Mm -hmm. or whatever. But when you see people riding their bikes and walking down it, you're like, what are you doing?
0: That's totally Highway 11, right? I feel like everybody has a city, has a highway like that. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, not good, but yeah. Anyway, so I'm sorry. <laughs> God, Tara rode that route almost every morning. Sometimes with her mother, Patty Dole. However, Patty stopped riding with Calico with Tara after she felt she had been stalked by a motorist. Okay, <clears throat> so
1: what the, the fuck, mom? So the mom stopped because she thought she was being stalked, but she let her. Well, how old is she now? Like, uh, so twelve. No, she was
0: was born in 69. This happened in 88, so she was a teenager. An older teen. But wouldn't you be, wouldn't you like insist on riding with her or something? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Especially if if mom was being, (sighs) bless
1: you. Especially if mom was being, felt like she was being stalked. What mother would let their. If you thought the
0: car was stalking you, would you just be like, I'm not going. I'm scared. You go.
1: No. 69 plus 88. That's. Nineteen. Nineteen. Years? So you're gonna let your nineteen? You're probably gorgeous, nineteen-year-old. Right, daughter.
0: she is. She was. She was a babe. Um. So, Screw mom, you, mom, I know. Mom advised Tara to think about carrying Mace, but Tara rejected the idea. On the morning of her disappearance, she had told she Tara had told her mom to come and get her if she wasn't home by noon because she had plans to play tennis with her boyfriend at twelve thirty. Okay. Her daughter did not return, so Dole went searching for her along her usual bike route but could not find her, and then she contacted the police. Um, They did find pieces of her Sony Walkman and a cassette tape that were discovered along the road. Uh, Dole believed that Tara had dropped them in an attempt to mark her trail, like, hey, I was here. Several people saw Tara riding her bicycle, which has never been found. I know, like, the Walkman was there, but the bike wasn't. Um, No one witnessed her presumed abduction, although several witnesses observed a light-colored pickup truck, possibly a 1953 Ford with a camper shell following closely behind her. Um, I could not, for the life of me, find a description of the motorist that could have been stalking her mom. Mm -hmm. I really wish we could have gotten that. I'm sure that the police wish that as well. Yeah. (laughs) But... um, Anyway, so this is why I chose this topic because you know how I am with the. I, I like a good visual aid. Mm-hmm. I love a visual aid. Yeah. On June, conflicting reports one says the 12th, one says the 15th, 1989. So, June, following this September 20th, 1988 disappearance, mm-hmm. a Polaroid photo of an unidentified young woman and <gasps> a boy, both gagged with black duct tape and seemingly bound was discovered in the parking lot of a convenience store in Port St. Joe, Florida. So that's Uh, kind of a bit of ways, though, right? Yeah, that's across the country. Yeah. The woman who found the photo said it was in a parking space where a white, windowless Toyota cargo van— Oh, that's— Yep. Freaking creeper van. I know. Had been parked when she arrived at the store. She said that the van was being driven by a man with a mustache, believed to be in his 30s, Police set up roadblocks to intercept the vehicle, but the man was never identified.
1: Of course he had a mustache.
0: Of course. Okay, so according to Polaroid officials... (laughs) (laughs) I want to be a Polaroid official. I know. Just study Polaroids. The picture had to have been taken after May of 1989 because the particular film used in the photograph was not available until then. Okay, so let me pull up the picture. Holy guacamole. <clears throat> I know, cause you cuz you got to see it.
1: Okay, if you drive a creeper van, get rid of it now. I don't care if you use it for Get work. rid of it right I now. Don't care. Okay. Mainly
0: if you use it for personal use. I'm ready. Oh my god. I that know. poor little boy. I know. I know. I know. So that's oh. that's the picture. I know it's pretty rough.
1: Um, I was actually, I was actually kind of picturing it to be a little worse. So (laughs) you're like, I'm fine with it. So okay, okay. so here's
0: a side by side because you know this is what nine months after. This is so they aren't sure that that's her, right? Right. But But their mother, her mother, is like, that's her. I don't know. I know you can't tell. I can see kind of yeah, but also kind of no. So there's her with dark hair. You can kind of see it more Uh, with the dark hair and the bang down in the front.
1: Yeah, the dark hair seems more likely.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we're also going to touch on the fact that um, some say Hmm. that her hands are not tied, that she's faking the tied hands, just sitting back there because you can kind of see them there at the bottom, Mm -hmm. like where her butt is. You can kind of see, but you can't tell if they're bound whatsoever.
1: Yeah. There's no. Yeah. There's no way to know for sure.
0: Yeah, there's no way. Huh. Okay, so, the photo was broadcast <laughs> on A Current Affair in July, and uh, Tara's mom was contacted by friends who had seen the show and thought the woman resemb- resembled Tara. As far as the boy goes, relatives of Michael Henley, also of New Mexico, okay. yeah, who had disappeared in April of 1988, saw the episode and said they believed he was the boy in the photo. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Dole and Henley's parents both met with investigators and examined the Polaroid. Dole said she was convinced it was her daughter Tara. She also noted that a scar on the woman's leg was identical to one Calico had received in a car accident. I don't see how you can see a scar.
1: Yeah, where's the scar?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe you can see it better in person or something. Um, yeah. Oh, here. They're going to. What are they doing here? Did you see something? The little boy. Yeah, that's him. That's him. Don't is that you think? About, oh my gosh, the little boy picture. That's. I mean, of course we're talking about Tara, but the little boy. Yeah. <sighs> okay. In addition, a paperback copy of VC Andrews, My Sweet Audrina, I have totally read that. Said to be one of Calico's favorite books, can be seen lying next to the woman. Mm-hmm. Is that true? That's yeah. True. It's. It is. There, it's right, yeah. Right oh, it's like on display. Yeah. I don't know why Scotland Yard analyzed the photo, but they did. And concluded that the woman was Calico. But a second analysis by the Los Alamos National Laboratory disagreed. An FBI analysis of the photo was inconclusive. So. There's no. Yeah. No, they are not saying yes or no one way or the other. Which I understand. Because you
1: can see yes and you can see I can see no. I can argue against it and I can argue
0: for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I am definitely not a professional. You're not a Polaroid official? No. Fuck. Uh, Michael Henley's mother said she was almost certain it was him in the Polaroid. The identification of the boy in the photograph as Henley is considered unlikely, as his remains were discovered in June 1990 in the Zuni Mountains, about seven miles from his family's campsite from which he had disappeared, and 75 miles from where Calico disappeared. Mm. Police believe that Henley wandered off and subsequently died of exposure. So, but I mean, it's more that it boy looks, looks more that it's him than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, unlikely. Okay. But it, there's definitely no like evidence that it didn't happen.
1: I mean, if this dude's going to drive all the way to Florida, right? Who's to say he's not going to drive all the way back to,
0: and who's to say that that guy, I mean, you know how creepy guys are. They know other creepy guys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So what if the pictures? Like, hey, I'll
1: pay you fifty bucks and a pack of smokes if you drive this kid seven right. miles away from where he where I found him.
0: Or what if he just like gets off on the pictures of it? And this guy yeah. took a few Polaroids. Was like, here in must New sell Mexico, these. and was yeah. like, here. Yeah. So. <sighs> okay. So hold on. Uh, did I mean to copy all this? Okay. I don't know, in you? 2009. 20 years after the Polaroid was found and shared by the media, pictures of a boy were sent to the Port St. Joe police chief, David Barnes. He received two letters postmarked June 10th and August 10th, 2009 from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. One letter contained a photo printed on copy paper of a young boy with sandy brown hair. Mm-hmm. Someone had drawn a black band in ink on the photo mm-hmm. over his mouth. So like. Just like the duct tape. Yeah. On. As if it were covered in tape as in the picture. The second letter contained an original image of the boy. The Star newspaper in Port St. Joe received a third letter also postmarked in Albuquerque on August 10th and depicting the same image of a boy with black marker drawn over his mouth. The boy has not been confirmed to be the same as even like the picture of Mm -hmm. the previous photo. None of the letters contained a return address or a note indicating the child's identity. It was just pictures Mm. like that. Yeah. Um, From Albuquerque to... St. Joe. Mm -hmm. Um, The letters were sent at the same time that a self-proclaimed psychic had called about Calico. So it could be that the psychic wanted a little more publicity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just to, you know, saying that she had met a runaway in California with whom she worked in a strip club. This girl was eventually murdered. The caller said she had dreams suggesting—the caller? What caller? The psychic caller. Okay. Said she had dreams suggesting the runaway may have been Calico and that she may be buried in California. Searches did not lead to any discoveries. The photos were given to the FBI for further investigation. Um, They didn't find any fingerprints or possible DNA Mm -hmm. on that. Two other Polaroid photographs, possibly of Calico, have surfaced over the years. The first was found near a construction site in Montecito, California, and is a blurry photo of a girl's face with tape covering her mouth and light blue striped fabric behind her, similar to that on the pillow in the Toyota van photo. Okay, I see that. Yeah. Um, It was taken on film that was not available until June 1989. The second shows a woman loosely bound in gauze, her eyes covered with more gauze and large black frame glasses, with a male passenger beside her on an Amtrak train. The film was used not, or the film used not was not available until February 1990. I feel like those pictures are just not copycats. But do you know when like something stuck in your head, Mm -hmm. and so you you know you recently find you've heard the story and you find a Polaroid and you're like, oh, this is totally it. Yeah, yeah, this is part of it. I feel like it's a little of that. Mm -hmm. I don't know, because clearly I know everything. calico's mother believed the first one was her daughter Mm -hmm. but thought the second one may have been like fake like staged her sister stated they had a striking uncalming resemblance as for me i will not rule them out but keep in mind our family has had to identify many other photographs and all but those three were ruled out yeah in 2008 Renee Rivera, the sheriff of Valencia County, claimed that he knew what had happened to Calico. According to Rivera, boys who knew her drove up behind her in a truck, and some form of an accident followed. Calico later died, and those responsible covered up the crime. Rivera stated that he knew the names of those involved, but that without a body, he could not make a case. He did not release the evidence that led him to his conclusion. Calico's stepfather, John Dole, disputed these claims, saying that the sheriff Should not have made these comments if he was not willing to arrest anyone Mm -hmm. and that strong circumstantial evidence should be enough for a conviction. I don't know about that last statement about the circumstantial evidence, but I definitely agree. If you can't tell us, then just keep your mouth shut, dude. Yeah. Because you're not helping anybody. In October of 2013, a six-person task force was established to reinvestigate Calico's disappearance. As of today, no arrests have been made and nobody has been found. Oh, my gosh. Just that creepy fucking picture. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the picture looks staged at all. I don't either. I think she looks sad and upset. Um, I think the boy looks sad and upset. Uh, I think it's her. I mean, I don't know, but I, I think it looks like her. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. So that is the disappearance of Tara Lee Calico. So... Her mom did pass, and she went to her grave believing that that was a picture of her daughter, Yeah, for sure. Her mom kind of lost it there at the end. I know we were a little harsh on her. She, Her husband did say that following, um, like, leading up to mom's death, mm-hmm. she would see girls biking, and um, she would just, like, open—she had, like, a notebook. She would open her notebook and write down, like, the date and time and just write her daughter's name down. Oh. Yeah, so I I feel like uh, probably she might feel a little responsible. Yeah, yeah. Because- Which I mean
1: I get because like I like I mean we discussed earlier you you think you're being stalked and you on a bike ride mm-hmm. with your daughter and you let your daughter still go out. Right, right. That I don't. But I also she's dead set that that picture is her daughter. Mother knows best. Seriously. Right, right. I know. So I mean, I b- I believe her, and mm-hmm.
0: it reminds me a little bit of that whole, um, of the first season of True Detective. Did you ever watch that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It reminds me of that yeah. a little bit. Her That's crazy. her best friend from high school. Um, okay, so <clears throat> someone is doing a podcast. Someone who's like been friends with them, mm-hmm. um, and she said that. Um, Who's Michelle? I'm sorry. There was a family member quoted as saying, I still sit and look at the photograph, and it looked exactly like her, exactly mm-hmm. like her, but it doesn't make sense. It really does not make sense, which it doesn't have to make sense. I hate that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, I just, it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that boy, you know, maybe they were like, well, let's just go ditch him over here and they'll never know that we used him for whatever awful things they used him for. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could not be him, even though it does look like him. I mean, it looks very similar, but I mean, a
1: lot of eight-year-old kids look the same.
0: They do, especially in the 80s and those weird yeah. kind of kind of blurry, kind of like overexposed pictures, a Polaroid for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we could solve it. Me too, but I, I can't. Do. I wonder like does mom recognize those clothes? I have so many questions. Yeah. Yeah. It almost looks like do you still have it picked pulled mm-hmm. up? Yeah. It Here. almost looks like there
1: obviously something on the shirt, but yeah. you can't you can't really see. Yeah. Um is I that mean her it bike? looks like something that you would take in.
0: Right. She looks yeah. I mean and I know it said it couldn't have been taken until like May, so it wouldn't have been the same clothes. Yeah mm mm-hmm. sex trafficking do you know what i'm saying that's like all yeah. i can think about to be yeah. honest so yeah. especially if she was an attractive 19 year old hmm uh yeah so that's it that's my super awesome welcome welcome to 2019 yeah ew huh. there is a close-up picture now i gotta go here yeah go ahead um where was it where's it at where yeah that's <gasps> fake right that's yeah. gotta be fake yeah that's not a real thing. I don't like that though. Me either. <laughs> Even if it is fake, I don't like it. Go oh, back. Go back up to the. I know. The where's originals. Where's the?
1: Oh, oh it yeah. Is there. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, me either.
0: So now, upon further investigating, we found a picture where it like zooms in behind the boy, and you can kind of see some eyes. Yeah. But I mean, I really don't think it's like some supernatural thing. Yeah, it could
1: be something on the side <clears> of the band, <throat> the reflection, uh, right? Dust of. Uh, Miss thing in the polaroid
0: yeah but still it's so creepy it's creepy
1: (laughs) i still don't like it i don't like it either Mm. yeah so that's it sorry somebody go solve it and then come back and tell me
0: i really was on the hunt for like something that wasn't solved and and well you found it wanted to get y'all worked up about it to be (sighs) honest that's all that was my main goal
1: (gasps) (gasps) yeah okay
0: well thanks for listening Thanks for listening. Oh, by the way, if you have any tips about this story, you can contact the Valencia County Sheriff's Office at 505 866 2400 or the FBI online at tips.fbi.gov.
1: And then once you do that, let us know. Fucking call us
0: immediately. (laughs) We'll
1: answer. New episodes are posted every Monday. That's right. On anything that you listen to podcasts on, everywhere. Every single place in the world. (laughs) Foodnetwork.com. Just kidding. (laughs) All right. Thanks Uh, for listening. Be back next week. Bye. Bye.